You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. Hi, I'm Charles Stanton. I'm on the faculty of the Honors College at UNLV and the Boyd School of Law. Are you ready? I'm Lana Weatherald. I'm a third-year law student. And welcome to Social Justice. Social Justice, a conversation. A conversation. Well, good evening, everybody. Happy Thursday once again. I am joined by Professor Charles Stanton out of the William S. Boyd School of Law and the Honors College here at UNLV. I'm Lana Weatherald, a third-year law student, and I want to begin with opening tonight's show. Give a big shout-out to my home state of Wisconsin, who last night had a very important election where they had flipped the Supreme Court in Wisconsin from red to blue with the election of Janet P. Um, I don't know if any of you who are chronically online saw the many videos that were coming out of the state of Wisconsin where lines and um, polling lines, especially in university centers, so I saw in the main video I saw was out of the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Um, we're talking lines 500, 600 students deep to get out and make sure that that woman was elected and she won pretty handily. I think four to seven points is, is what they're looking at. Um, 11 actually. Wow, in early post. And see, when I looked last night, it was only four to seven. So God bless. Um, I hope that there's some some real meaningful change in the state of Wisconsin who it sort of had been slipping into scary Ron DeSantis land type things. Um, very, very scary stuff happening there. And hopefully um, now there's a little bit more peace, love within the Supreme Court of the state of Wisconsin. So had to open the show with a big shout out to my home state. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to the professor. Well, absolutely. I think there's two really interesting things that, that occurred last night uh, in, that, in that race. First of all, a race that was uh, predicted as being very close. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Janet P. won by 200,000 votes. So that was not at all expected. But I think what we're seeing now, we're seeing two major issues that are galvanizing not just the Democratic base, but also people who are moderates. One is abortion. Yep. Yep. And, and the second one, of course, is gun control. And these are the two issues that are really uh, have taken center stage uh, in the country. And we're seeing a great sense of discontent among many, many people, uh, not just liberal people or progressive people, but moderate people, middle-of-the-road people, about the complete inertia and, and failure to act of the Republican Party in any state in this country. Right. And not only the failure to act, the disdain, disinterest, we could, go, we could use many other words for what's going on. And, you know, it's interesting because um, in the, the state of Tennessee a few days ago, uh, all the, all, they had a lot of the children and the young people organized the march to the uh, uh, Capitol right. to, to uh, pr- protest the lack of uh, safe gun legislation. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were joined by three members of the uh, legislature. And now the Republican majority in the Tennessee legislature wants to remove those three people. African-American, uh, I think we should add. Yeah, right, from the legislature. So I always thought that the purpose of a legislature and the purpose of a, a um, deliberative body was to deliberate on these matters right. and also to engage, to engage those who were vo- voters and those who would be voters about our system, right. not to punish people who engaged them. 
yeah, they arrested Carrie Lake in Florida um, for, you know, like a pro-choice, just peaceful pro-choice protest. She was one of, I think, three people, um, officials in Florida that were arrested this week. So I'm not it's just a, a reinforcement of fascist ideas that you speak up and you are one of these people and you're one of the I don't know, I, I guess the. I, People that do not believe in the status quo that we have reached and that believe that our institutions are changeable and that believe in the idea of getting out into the streets and fighting for what you believe for, that's not apparently that's not okay anymore. And we don't do that unless it's January 6th at the front door of our Capitol. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think also that there's no more pretense from the Republican Party either. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think I think finally a lot of moderate voters are starting to see that that basically these people have no interest in gun safety. They have no interest in moderation. No. No, they've completely um, sold their soul to... The NRA? Um, the to, NRA. Yeah. Yeah, the NRA. And that and that, uh, that uh, ties in, of course, to uh, uh, a couple of things. Uh, one thing that I was made aware of in the past week, uh, there's a new uh, organization called Stand Up to Jewish Hate, and it's an organization that apparently is trying to mobilize people to be made aware of the dangers of the the rise in anti-Semitism, yep. uh, which you know, as this is the 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 Holy Week of Passover, um, is very very timely. Uh, and unfortunately, the amount of incidents uh, of anti-Semitic uh, hatred and 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 uh, mischief have grown yep. enormously. Yep. And it's very hard to. Uh, understand that except for the fact that uh, the messengers of the Republican Party have uh, uh, subtly endorsed these things, I would say. Uh, one person in particular, who, who we, we all know who that person is. Uh, yeah, you know, what's what's interesting is you, you do have to wonder because there isn't, there, there isn't that same sort of like marginalized issue where you, you understand what it is with women. You understand what it is with people of color. You understand why there's this level of anger and vitriol, because I think we've said it a million times. Mm -hmm. They're seeing minorities and people of color in positions that otherwise previously belonged to the white man. But that that sort of analysis doesn't work with mm -hmm. with anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. it, it just doesn't. They, You know, the average Jewish person is a white presenting individual, right, who looks like what this country had been held up to. I mean... There is some understanding that Jewish people look a little bit differently, but otherwise they hold up that sort of white supremacist ideal, right? So what's going on there? And I don't wonder if it is sort of just the same thing that underlies and beguiles all of this, these issues is jealousy and seeing mm. the fact that they, you have seemingly a minority group that has risen to the top, much like what mm. happened with you see with affirmative action and, and Asian people. Mm. And you see this sort of when they reach this pinnacle of success and you do have the vast majority of CEOs, CFOs, people in position of mm. power that the, the vast majority are sort of looking a certain way. I, I, is that it? Is it the jealousy that they're taking over just the blue collar average white man's dream, American dream? Is 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 it the idea that they have reached this amount of power throughout that level of persecution? I, I don't know. But mm. it doesn't make a lot of sense. The mm. same sort of arguments we have for why we see white supremacy um, it just it, it embodying every single one of our institutions doesn't, I think, hold as much water when you talk about Jewish people, when you talk about anti-Semitism. I don't get it. Yeah. I wish I could diagnose the problem. Yeah, I think it. I think the antecedents go back many, many hundreds of years, the protocols of Zion. Right, yeah. You know, and you have, of course, uh, in the 30s, you had Father Coughlin, you had Gerald L. K. Smith. Uh, 
it's always it's something that's always there. Right. Uh, that when at times like this, when you have such a division in the in the country, uh, it rears its head. Uh, where George Soros basically right. is responsible for everything, for all these, for, <laughs> for all everything. these, for all these societal ills, you know. Right. Um, but it's also about people lacking a knowledge of history, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, it all ties into trying to ban books and all the rest of those things. They don't want people to know the truth about yeah. the Holocaust and a lot of other things, you know. Um, and and uh, that that kicks into our. Uh, what happened a couple of days ago, which was the indictment, of course, of uh, the president, ex-president, and it, I, I was fed, we were discussing this off air before we came on. Uh, everybody's presumed, uh, everybody's presumed innocent until proven guilty, and I, and 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 that's that's the way it should be because right. that's a democracy. Right. Otherwise, you have what you have in Russia, or basically banana people, republic. People, yeah, yeah, people are just taken out and sent to Siberia or somewhere. Right. But what was really troubling to me was um, the judge who uh, is presiding over the case. After all the particulars of the indictment were read out, and and you know, etc., uh, he talks to the both the prosecution and the defense about you know how to how we should conduct ourselves in this uh, uh, period of time before the trial begins, which will be some some many months, I would presume. presume. And, uh, you know, that it has to be conducted in a certain way. Now, probably in another day and time, the judge wouldn't have had to do that. He would just presume that both sides would behave according <laughs> to certain precepts and the case, right. the case would happen and, and that would be it. Yes. Well, anyway, after that, that, that uh, 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 shall we say, uh, speech on on uh, on uh, uh, you know behavior and proper uh, etiquette and everything. Right. Uh, the the ex president gets up there and he just he just basically doesn't doesn't pay, stop. Pay, yeah, pay, I pay mean, any attention to what was just said. What was just said, and and you know you have the you know you have the freedom of speech and all the rest of those things, but you do not have the right to threaten the prosecutor, to threaten the judge. To, to to somehow a picture of the judge's daughter winds up right. on, on 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 social media, uh, and I think I think this is the beginning of what we're going to start seeing over these many many months. We're going to start seeing this attempt to 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 actually break down the legal system yep. in such a way that there can't really be a trial mm-hmm. because everything has been so, so completely disordered by all the rest of these things. Um, you know, and uh, I think I think the the question is now uh, how much the the media should cover this. should cover this stuff. Should they put it on as being a newsworthy event, or should it be or should it be classified as basically propaganda that that has that has nothing to do with any attempt to to. You know, to it, seek it, justice where justice was not served, right? Exactly right. Um, I, the the thing I was commenting on to the professor is, you know, you see so often that the criticism of the Democratic Party and I think leaders within the Democratic Party is that they have done nothing as far as Trump is concerned. And they sort of let him run ramshot over this country and sort of let him do all these things without facing any repercussions or without sort of having anybody. Uh, there was no oversight really over the Trump presidency is the, is the complaint that you see and that nobody checked him. And that, But, but then you wonder, well, now this guy's daughter 
is for photos being flashed. Her name is out there. The wife is being disparaged. What if this is this man's family? Everything he's worked to create in his life is now up for not only, you know, public consumption, but very much I think safety is is at risk here. Um, And we've seen what these people are capable of and people that have nothing else to live for other than their political affiliation. They don't they don't have the same level of tact as I think the average everyday person. And they, they will be capable of violence. They, we've seen that they're right. capable of violence. And so you wonder, you know, why does he not face any repercussion? Why is there no oversight? Why does he never face any sort of consequences for the things we've seen over and over again? Well, the people that do end up holding Trump accountable for the things he has done, right. you see what happens to them. Right, right. Then they become, I mean, really, quite frankly, scapegoats for everybody that should have come before them and done the right thing and did not. And so I think we're going to keep seeing more and more sort of a refusal or a scare or because I don't think Trump will be the last of this kind of fascist mm-hmm. leader, the last of the Republican Party that is a person like this. And I don't think they will be the last to he will be the last to commit crimes in his, you mm-hmm. know, uh, position of power or, or while within office. So. Uh, I think we should be scared that when the media starts reporting on things and then this daughter's picture is out there, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook. uh, We should be very, very scared because then there is going to be no there's going to be no want, need or desire to then do the right thing if then your safety is put at risk for doing the right thing. I mean, of course, I think what's interesting, too, though, is the fact that there was a reticence on the part of the district attorney to file the case. Yep. So the case cannot be made that, well, he jumped right in. He wanted to prosecute Donald Trump. That's not true because two of the prosecutors who worked for him and with him resigned a number of months ago. Right. Because he, Knowing w- this. he was reluctant. He yep. was reluctant to he was reluctant to 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 bring the case. But what's going to be interesting in this case, and it really ties into, uh, you know, fake news and all those di- different right you know, fables that are flying around in the air. From what I saw in looking at what the DA presented, and of course, you know, he only presented a bare bones display of actually what will be presented at the trial. Right. Is basically, you have a situation where you basically have three people participating in this conduct. You have the man who was head of the, uh, uh, the Inquirer, you have Michael Cohn, and you have Donald Trump. Okay, so Michael Cohn is going to testify. I'm presuming that since he's given immunity, David Pecker will also, also be testifying. testifying. And you have all these checks, and you have all these documents. It's not fake news. Right. It's there. It's a check that the man signed. signed. It's not a matter of my opinion or, or Lana's opinion or the opinion of Mother Goose. It, these are these are factual things. But then, Professor, you'll see. So then there is a small subset, I believe, of people on the right or people that are supporting Trump that do believe that these charges have some level of merit. But what do they say then? Well, this is a Soros backed yeah. DA. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What are you what? What? So you're able to, I mean, at least have some level of of grounding in reality to understand that these are real charges and he does face real time and he will have to sit through a trial. But then it's, well, it's all brought a Soros backed DA brag. What are you talking about? How do they think, how do people think on the ground things work? (laughs) You know, I don't know. But well, it's through social media. Yeah. And the fact that you're able to uh, disseminate this information to a large number of people in our country who have only a couple of news sources. So it's not like 
all the information is equal. equal. No. And as a result, even Fox News now, with the situation with Dominion, Dominion with yeah. the woman, they're still putting the stuff out. <laughs> yeah. that, that, and you say to yourself, whoa, I mean, it, it's going to be argued before the judge relatively soon uh, with the evidence seemingly overwhelming. Well, I mean, yep. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not there, you know, in, in, in the court, court, in right. court, but I mean, you have all kinds of emails, you have texts, you have uh, 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 conversations that, that yep. have been attested to between people who were working there. Yep. And uh, they haven't learned anything from it. That's the crazy, <laughs> the crazy thing about it. They haven't learned Double, anything. triple down yeah. on, on the bad behavior. Yeah, yeah. Or then excuse the bad behavior because it's somehow the Democrats' yeah, fault yeah. that the bad behavior existed in the first place. Yeah. yeah crazy. I, I, I don't understand it. And, 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 and while all these things are going on in the country, some really bad things are also going on. For example, now... As, as supposedly COVID has left us. <laughs> right. Well, although that's a matter of some debate, I'm sure. Um, they want to take off the rolls of Medicaid 15 million people who had been you know, given uh, uh, these benefits when, when the virus was at its, at, at, its, uh, at its high point. And it's really interesting in this country whereby there's a feeling toward the people, not just people of color, but people who are poor and disadvantaged, yep. that they, they in some way are unworthy of these of these of these benefits, unworthy of the helps that most people would would need to get if they, God forbid, were in that situation. Um, I, I, I came across in one of my classes a very interesting movie called Hidden Figures. I don't know mm-hmm. how many. Yeah, you, you, yeah. About the three women astronauts. Yeah, the three, yeah. yeah, the three women who were working for NASA. And it's a very bizarre film because you had three very, very uh, uh, brilliant, ex- astute, yeah. ex- exceptional um, black women who were involved in, in science and who were instrumental in the in the uh, uh, you know success of the of the first manned orbit from the United States and, right. and and other things as well. And as the movie shows, there's like that division, like they're good for us to do certain things, right? In other words, they can figure out these mathematical theories and scientific programs about how to actually, you know, propel us around the earth and then to re-enter the earth. And God the forbid it. they see the same doctor. Yeah. I mean, it was really bizarre. Like, yeah. you know, and it was set in Virginia, which which they had separate, they had separate bathrooms. They had separate, uh, 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 what shall we say, water fountains, all the rest of this, all the rest of the stuff. Right. And of course, you know, you know, as a law student and I know as an attorney, the loving case yep. with, with the, with the intermarriage and everything. But it's amazing that there's that division though. Mm-hmm. Like you're good for us for a certain thing, but all the, the basic human rights that we would, we would attribute to, uh, to people who look like us are going to be denied to you. Look and it was sports and entertainment. Yeah. The vast majority of, I would say, the superstars in sports and entertainment are people of color, people that had to benefit from social programs. We're not nepotism babies. Yeah. I mean, LeBron James is no nepotism baby. Yeah. Beyonce is no nepotism yeah. baby, right? Yeah. So you you look at these things and you and you see that the people we give our, our most money and our most attention to, right, are the same people that we would then strip rights from. I do think that there's something exactly, I mean, to what, to what you've said, yeah. um, <laughs> we mark... And we were able to talk about these things so flippantly, which I think is so, you know, it, it talking about taking health care from 15, millions of, 15 million people is not 
people will die. I mean, if people yeah. do not have the have the sort of care that Medicaid and Medicare coverage can provide them, they will die. Um, and, and it's not going to be, you know, like it was COVID where everybody's all of a sudden just dropping dead and there's freezers full of bodies. It's going mm. to be a slow trickle yeah. of the same kind of people can't reach generational wealth because yeah. they're not even living past 60. And that's going to be cyclical and it's going to be families affecting families. And then it's going to be small communities where they just cannot get better and cannot have any social mobility because mm. they can't even see a doctor. So, um, yeah. And, and then, of course, um, we're fine to have those very same people that we are fine taking health care and privileges and all sorts of institutional rights away from. Um, we're fine to then uh, have them put their bodies, their souls, their lives on the line to entertain us in various yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, so there is something really sick and twisted about that. Yeah. And I'm not smart enough to pretend to have an answer other than that's what I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, in- it's interesting that you that you mentioned sports because very interesting article in uh, I guess it was Monday's New York Times mm-hmm. about the WNBA and college basketball. Now, of course, uh, I don't know how many women are playing college basketball in America. I used to do a lot of coaching, so I, I sort of got into this article. Right. And of course, they had the they had the championship game on Sunday. Okay, all right. So, I my feeling about it was this. The men were playing. The, the the women were playing on Friday, the men were playing on Ma- on Saturday, and then of course the men's game was on Monday, Monday night. Yep. Why not have the women's game on Sunday in prime time? Why nine point nine million views it still got. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that don't know, more people tuned in yeah. to the women's national championship game than any Stanley Cup final ever. Yeah. Even though the Milwaukee Bucks won it more than the 2021 NBA yeah. Finals, um, more than I believe any sort of golf tournament, golf anything. I mean, the, the women's this really caused a little bit of a ruckus. Yeah. People really, I mean, were interested and yeah. tuned into this yeah. women's championship. Yeah, yeah. But, but what, 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 what interested me was so they started discussing at the height of the popularity of women's basketball. Mm-hmm. What are the opportunities for women to play professionally? Right. So they get into this whole thing. Well, anyway, there's 12 teams in the WNBA. They have 144 total players. Okay, that's all they've got. Okay, but here's the, here's the crazy part of it. They're going to have a draft. Yep. But the the total amount of draft picks for each team will only be three. Oh my God. So there's only going to be, uh, there's only going to be 36. But the other thing about it, which is, which is, I, I, it's not funny, but it's, it's, it's like. It's absurd, right. It's bizarre is the fact that they talked to one of the coaches, I guess it was the coach of UCLA. Now UCLA mm-hmm. has always had a great. Program. Right? Pro- pro- programs, men and women. And uh, one of the women on the team is is thinking about you know declaring for the draft, and the coach says you know, well I don't think that's a good idea for her, so you figure well you know the coach is just being selfish and all the rest of that stuff, but what it's about is the whole way the WNBA is run. 
Those women don't make any money. They're better off with now the NIL deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In college, you know, those two twins, I don't know if any of you listening to this Mm. show have heard of them, but there are two twins, very pretty girls, very talented girls who make a bunch of social media content. Uh, They're multimillionaires right now because they're sitting at the U, who's got a ton of endowment money with a ton of fans and a ton of legacies and a ton of alumni that care a lot about the team. But then it's just TikTok. It's just Twitter. They're popular on social media and now they're millionaires. They're not going to make that money in the WNBA. They wouldn't make six figures in the WNBA, truly. So, of course it would behoove them to stay right where they're at. Keep getting Gatorade, keep getting Nike, keep getting Adidas to send them products and make their little TikToks and make their coin. Girls, stay in college and then get your degree paid for while you're at it. Degree paid for plus six, seven figure media deals. Don't leave. I keep it right there. Keep it parked. But in in a way, it's crazy, though. That you can't go to the professional, the pinnacle of your sport. This is something that you wanted to do. And what was interesting was that the coach sat down with this young woman. Yep. And he says, well, he says, you know, I got to tell you, he says, the major teams, Georgia, Connecticut, whatever, they have chartered flights. Now, you're not going to have any more chartered Chartered flights. flights. You're going to be on... Uh, commercial. You're going to be on commercial airlines. Yep. Uh, n- now you have a full-time person, a, mas- um, uh, 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 a masseuse, a full-time masseuse. That's gone, gone too. So all these things are gone. And what it made me think about, as crazy as this sounds, was Brittany Griner. Yeah. And and you know when you when you don't when you don't you know know the salary s- structure in in women's basketball as as well as you do the men's. Uh, uh, structure. Uh, she had she had to go to Russia. Right, this, had to play in Russia. She had it was to not play. Yeah, so for her. I'm saying to myself, well, wow, that is that is bad. Guess what? Either of those two little Miami girls gets caught with a weed pen. And nothing well, is happening to them here in the states, yeah, right? Yeah, nothing no, is no, happening it's, to it's, them. It's it's really it's really uh, 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 interesting. Yeah. how that how that. There's an acceptance of that. Yeah, now, 100%. Now, there, now of course, on, on, a, on a happier side, uh, the soccer, the women's soccer league, of course, has really started to move forward to really getting equality and pay and, and doing a lot of these other things. Yeah, well, and those girls were so good. I mean, it helped that the, yeah. the U.S. women's team was then, you know, a gold medal. I mean, they were so talented, which I think when you've got that level of talent, it's hard to ignore. And then the media did sort of take over them. I think Megan Rapinoe had a deal with Subway, Adidas, yeah, Nagashi, yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah, she was yeah, all across yeah. the board. I do want to pick up one more note on the, WNBA, the mm, WNBA mm. and the NCAA women. So Angel Reese, um, for those of you that oh, are yes, WN, yes, for those yes, of you yes. WWE fans, she did a John Cena you can't see me sort of thing with her hands. Um, So did Caitlin Clark, who was the other star of the other team in the national championship, Iowa. Um, And this this beautiful girl, and that's the whole thing, right? This is a dark-skinned woman who is beautiful, who is confident, who is talented. Mm. Uh, She did the exact same thing the the white girl on the other team did, except this chick got vilified. I mean, absolutely just tore apart by Mm. every national media outlet, by sportscasters alike. Even Jill Biden said, well, we should bring Iowa 
Iowa to the White House, too, mm. because mm. poor Iowa and sportsmanship. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And I'll tell you what. It was because this girl was dark skinned. It was because she was confident. It was because she was pretty. And it was because she was good at what she did. Mm. And people didn't like that. It comes back to the same conversation we yeah. have all over and over and over again. All of a sudden it looks different. Success looks a different way than what everybody expects it mm. to be. Then it's no longer valid. Yeah. I just I'm very angry for that girl um, because she had every every talent in the world. Um, she's getting out and then expressing herself mm. very well. And then you have Caitlin Clark saying, I had no problem with what she did. We were trash talking. It was the championship. Who cares? Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, they're arguing about nothing. People yeah. on the Internet just to vilify a, a dark skinned black girl. Um, and I think that's shameful. And yeah. I want to give all the credit in the world to Angel Reese for behaving herself. Um, I think better than I would have had I received all mm. the flack that she received. Um, and I think, you know, mm. props to her. Congratulations on your national championship. I hope she doesn't go to the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. These these issues, though, the racial issues, the 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 uh, sexual uh, 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 identity issues, you know, and, and the prejudice. Right. Uh, it's not just here. You know, we think, you know, in America, America's, you know, the, the, the beacon home, of hope and the, land and opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But but uh, they had a very interesting article a couple of days ago about Scotland. It was very, very fascinating. They had 55,000 rapes reported in, 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 in this very small country, Jesus. Scotland. Okay. Only 2,000 made it to investigation. Wow. Only 1,300 resulted in convictions. So these issues of sexual mistreatment and misdeeds and inequality it's across the world. Right. I think the professor makes a good us. note. I think we have kept this very insular and very, right. you know, America driven, which is important because you've got right. to attack the problems at home before you right. even begin worrying about the problems abroad. But I think the yeah. point stands is that we aren't ignorant to the fact that this is happening elsewhere and that there are people other than just Americans that are affected by these sort of um, ideologies. Mm. Um, so with that, we want to close out our show by wishing everybody a very happy Easter. If you celebrate, um, we want to also wish everybody um, who wants to come in, talk with us or sort of engage with the show to send an email. So my email address is wethel one at unlv.nevada.edu. Um, for those of you not celebrating Easter and are celebrating Passover, we'd like to wish you a very happy Passover as well. And we will see you all again next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you and good night. Thank you for listening to our show. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us at Wethel1, that's W-E-T-H-E-L-1, at nevada.unlv.edu. Or to contact Professor Charles Stanton, contact him at C-H-A-R-L-E-S, that's Charles.Stanton, S-T-A-N-T-O-N, at unlv.edu. See you next time. time.